Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Pat Lefebvre. He's with Ericsson, and I brought him here today to talk about digital power, because as you know, I've been really trying to get different viewpoints in on the whole space of digital power, especially as it applies to the Internet of Things and this entirely new developing area of application space that we can all design into. So, hi, Patrick. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Alex. Yeah, thank you very much for your opportunity to give us the voice on the digital power. Uh, to support our uh, discussion, I provided uh, a presentation. It's, it's a very extensive material that goes from the early days when we started research uh, until the latest technology that I will briefly uh, pose to you guys about the possibility offered by digital power in a new technology such like a uh, very high density optical network and a new platform where people are now talking about three, five kilowatt per board, which uh, nobody believed it would have been possible a few years ago. Um, well, what is what is very? Yeah, please go ahead. Well, I was going to say is that that's a very very good point you're making, Patrick. There that yes, of course, power is going to be increasing in certain ways, but the the densities that people are striving for and the amount of power in these systems now, people didn't even comprehend they could get to those levels 20 years ago. Yeah, the, the, the technology has really, really evolved. I mean, very often we talk about uh, the digital control and monitoring. There is also uh, a very important part in what we do that is still analog. Uh, the evolution of MOSFETs and the new magnetics and ferrite, uh, the new technology in the way uh, to carry the heat on the board and distribute uh, the, uh, the different heat points uh, has definitely contributed to increase the power density. Um, what the digital power brought into that, uh, that picture is that the possibility to, to really, really trim down, uh, for example, the date time control to a specific point, making sure that the efficiency is always optimum, whatever the load is. What we know is uh, in, in the system, the load variation are very important. Some systems are designed for a very high load, and uh, during the lifetime are only operated at 25% of the load. Um, if you have a power supply that is not designed to, to match this type of low load condition, you burn energy for nothing. And mm -hmm. digital power makes possible to optimize energy efficiency that means decreasing energy consumption at any point of operation. Very good point. And um, the, the other aspect of digital power is, that's why I alluded to with the Internet of Things, is the ability for the device to reach beyond itself to even get involved in system level Efficiency. Exactly. The, 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 the product, the, whatever it is, the isolated DC-DC uh, uh, front-end brakes or the point of load uh, now can be intimately connected to the memories and the processor. The board power manager can really address uh, each single part of the board and adjust the, uh, the output voltage and regulate uh, the power consumptions. Uh, the, the board can, can itself adjust all the parameters to make sure that the energy consumption is at the lowest level at any point of operation. In addition to that, the benefit to have a digital interface makes the power supply part of what we call the digital chain. Um, a DC-DC or an AC-DC uh, or a point of load can very much be connected uh, to, the, to the central processor. We, we know that from like uh, Intel is moving forward on more advanced processor communicating with the VRM. Yeah, it has, been, uh, it has been on the market for many years, but now we see more and more very advanced processor 
uh, using that functionalities. The core is sending a message to the, to the POL uh, for a certain voltage. The POL has to respond, uh, adjust the voltage to what is required. And then the, the core processor can say, okay, now you can go sleep mode, I have enough power. And this is, this is very exciting. Oh, I, I am also very, very excited by it because the other aspect of it is that once you start bringing in the opportunity to use software, you then get into the ability to actually design the software even at the, from the device level all the way up to the system level to optimize the energy, to optimize performance, to increase reliability. It really is a, the digital power, since it's really a methodology and not a specific technology, it's more of a concept. It's actually expanding to every aspect of power management. Exactly. This is, uh, this is something that uh, we briefly present in, uh, in the material, supporting material. If, uh, if you guys go on the slide 33 to 38, uh, we, we, we show an application in a radio application where the bus voltage is adjusted to the traffic. And when the system designer uh, designed the whole system, they, they, they consider power at stop. I mean, the power is not just an, uh, an element that is uh, on the board somewhere just delivering certain voltage, the, the power supply on board, uh, brick or isolated brick or non-isolated brick, POL and VRM, are uh, very, very much uh, part of the whole design uh, when system designers are considering operation, energy efficiency, and reliability. Mm -hmm. Now, what are some of the challenges as you perceive them to implementing uh, digital methodologies into these power systems? Um, the, uh, the the biggest challenge is, is is the gap between uh, uh, within the industry. Uh, some uh, some companies uh, have very very good power experts that, that understand both the digital control and the analog and the and and the board. Some other uh, don't have. Uh, there is a gap in terms of knowledge between the, 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 the people that have a really understanding how to get the best out of the, the digital power and the one that would like to learn about the digital power. What we have seen over the last two years, it's an acceleration of the learning curve. And we see more and more uh, medium-sized applications adopting digital power than what we have really even expected. Uh, the challenge is to, is to keep going the conversion from traditional methodology in implementing a power supply at just an element to uh, a power supply that is really integrated and part of all the digital chain. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, basically, an intelligent power subsystem as opposed to a dumb power source. Exactly, Alex. That, uh, you, you touched what, uh, what is the, the challenge. Uh, it's not a problem because most of the people that we are addressing with digital power, they have the, they have the competence to, to understand how it works. Uh, now what is very, very interesting is that we have, we have now overcome, you know, this big debate analog versus digital because it's, 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 it was nonsense. What we are seeing more and more is, is now the, the digital designer, the people that are coding FPGA and ASIC and processor, uh, that have totally ignored power supply for many years and consider that power supply was just a community moving into the power supply. And most of the people that we are talking uh, about or, uh, to about our technology, they are the one that program FPGA, and this is very exciting. Yes, it is, very much so. Now, 
Let's talk a little bit then about how Ericsson is addressing this all. How is Ericsson manifesting this philosophy and product? Uh, a number of um, Ericsson product or equipment, telecom equipment, are using digital power at some level. Uh, what we are now doing is, is addressing what I mentioned in the introduction, the, what we call the mega kilowatt board. Even mega is not is not proper or appropriate. We should say very multi kilowatt board, um, where the, the 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 power is such high that uh, it needs a new technology or new approach. Um, today, most of the mega or multi kilowatt board are powered by something that is called throughput sharing. It's just like Connecting uh, DC-DC in parallel to get the maximum power out. We know mm-hmm. we know that it's not sustainable. We know that it's not the way forward. And in the presentation uh, slide 81 to 83, we present a new technology that is called fragmented power. What is fragmented power is uh, a multiple number of uh, DC-DC that are located on the board in different locations. They could be close to a mega processor or close to a memory. And each DC-DC is controlled by some kind of form of intelligence. It's not group load sharing, it's active current sharing. And each DC-DC delivers the power required locally on the board. This is one of the technologies that we are exploring now with our customer. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know, the, the, um, the whole aspect of implementing the methodology, I think, is very uh, interesting because it also exposes the strategic vision of how the digital power should be manifested because some people look at a cloud-based approach. Some people want a very device-centric approach. Uh, now with some of these newer uh, processors, for example, uh, another guest we had had on the show earlier had mentioned the whole aspect of some of the newer processors need dynamic power not only to improve their regular performance but to also increase the yields of the chip makers because if the part can spec out at 0.9 volts instead of 1 volt, if the power system can provide that 0.9, then that chip is a viable, sellable chip. Exactly. I mean, the benefit that we have seen for a number of FPGA that are used by our customer ASIC is that the number of the number of scrap product has declined significantly because we can adjust the core voltage to exactly what is required by the by by, by the, the circuit. We don't we don't uh, uh, we don't uh, or actually the supplier they don't need to scrap because they are 025 or 015 volt uh, out of the of the band that that can be addressed by uh, by the DC DC and it could be very or by the, the POL, it could be very, very simple for the FPGA to send a signal when the, when the FPGA boots uh, with the minimum voltage required for the basic operation, like a PC when you start on the safe mode, uh, and then send a command to the POL and say, okay, my optimum voltage for my operation is uh, 125. Please give me 125. And then you set to 125. And the next, the next FPGA could be, oh, I need 0.98. And that's, uh, that's the beauty of the, and the, of the flexibility offered by this type of technology. Exactly. <clears throat> and that's, and that's, such, that's such promise going forward as well because better ROI at every level, that's what I said earlier about digital power empowering and enabling things beyond just the simple first level service of control. 
Yes, this is this is not uh, this is I think this is moving the power supply to a new dimension. Uh, the power supply has been a very very passive component that you provide in, you get out. Now it's uh, it's directly integrated into the old what we call the digital chain, and uh, and this is uh, this is a new dimension in the power. Uh, the the industry has, has been talking about digital power since 2004 when we started our first research. Uh, now what we see is uh, is that. Uh, almost 10 years after we started the first research. It's a real utilization, implementation, and benefit in terms of reliability, energy efficiency uh, in the industry. And, and that, that is very interesting, especially when, when we know that the, the data traffic will increase. Uh, there is one company that mentioned that the data traffic is, is, is now growing 30% CAGR year over year. It's just amazing. Yes, very much so. So I would love to have you all day, Patrick, because I always love chatting with you, but we unfortunately are running out of time. Uh, but I would like to ask you, do you have any closing thoughts for our audience, any final words you'd like to leave them? Yes, something that um, I used to say, I mean, uh, the digital, for, uh, digital power and uh, digital control is fun. Uh, it's not just a power supply, it's more than that. And uh, we have a lot of information in the supporting uh, material that we provided to the audience. And uh, I would be glad to provide more information if, uh, if any requests. And thanks, Alex, for the opportunity uh, given to Ericsson to express our uh, opinion on the digital power. This is very exciting. Oh, it's very, very exciting times. I love it myself. Now, um, you, if you have a, a URL or an email or something that you'd like to leave for them so they can get in touch with you to get more information, you can go ahead and leave it. Oh, yeah. This is Ericsson, uh, ericsson.com slash power modules uh, in one word. Um, and uh, and uh, in the presentation material, there is a URL to something that we call the Digital Power Compendium. Uh, which is something like 475 pages of technical information. What we did that we compiled all the white paper that we presented since the first day we, we started research until the latest technology. Um, this is a reference material that is now used by uh, school and uh, university to teach digital power. And this is very interesting as well. I mean, part of the digital power process has not been only to design products, but also to design or support education material. That was, that was a, another challenge that we have addressed over the last few years. Well, I'm really glad that we had that opportunity to hear that last bit before we closed out the episode. Thank you so much, Patrick, for taking the time to be with us. Thank you, Alex. Oh, and I'd like to uh, thank everybody out there in the audience as well for taking the time to listen. We wouldn't be here without you tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Don Power. Have a great day.